listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm Mason Dixon, and this is Habs Nightly, your hub for Habs content. Okay, so it's been a very interesting last 24 hours for the Montreal Canadiens. I've actually had to re-record this episode because I recorded it, and then as I'm sure you have heard at the point in which you're listening... Ilya Kovalchuk's been traded, there's a bunch of speculation going on about Max Domi, Jonathan Druin, even Nick Cousins, um, obviously Tatar and Petrie, so I just had to scrap everything I had, um, everything I was saying kind of got blown out of the water, so we're going to talk about that Kovalchuk trade, um, kind of my thoughts and opinions on it, you know, I am happy to see that he went to the Caps, we're going to elaborate on that, I'm going to talk about the direction I think this team is going to take, what we're going to see next year. Really focus on the future this episode. Um, it's going to be a little shorter just because, you know, I am having to re-record this, so I am sorry, guys, but we're going to have a bunch to talk about after the trade deadline on Thursday, so that should be interesting. Anyway, um, we're just going to jump right into it now. So, Ilya Kovalchuk has been traded to the Washington Capitals for a third round draft pick and you know what I could not be happier for Kovalchuk he has an opportunity to compete and win a Stanley Cup with Alex Ovechkin who is obviously if you have followed hockey and know Kovalchuk you know his career they are close friends um very good teammates for Team Russia they participate in the all-star game together um the Olympics obviously so they know each other pretty well so that's nice to see that he's going to have a chance to compete not only for a cup but with a great friend two of the greatest if not the two greatest Russian goal scorers ever arguably two of the greatest goal scorers to ever play the game of hockey I don't think you could argue that Ovi is Kovalchuk you know if he had to stay in the NHL I think you could easily make that argument that he would have been one of the best goal scorers to ever play Anyway, getting back on track, um, I think it's a really, really good pickup for the Caps. Um, the more you look at this team, the more you think, God damn, they really do have a chance to win again. Um, just positionally, depth, they have everything they need to win the Cup. Third in the league for a reason. Now, man, I, I personally, favorite, I still, for some reason, just have a feeling Colorado can go all the way in the West, simply because of how stacked the East is. I think the East is going to beat beat itself up. But moving past that, I think this gives the Washington Capitals an even better chance to win. I think Kovalchuk will do well there. I think he'll get out of this, you know, I think it's six or seven games without a point now. Still very, very good. I think that has driven down his price. That's probably why we saw the Caps get him for a third rounder. In saying that, it is kind of disappointing to me in that regard, simply because I think you could have easily got a second-round pick for him, and Washington's third-round draft pick is going to be essentially a fourth. A second could have been a third, you know what I'm saying? It. The Cavs, are, I think, have one of the better chances to win the Cup this year. It's not going to be a good pick. I just That kind of concerns me. I think they sold a bit low. Pierre Lebrun has reported, however, that Montreal is going to heavily heavily pursue Kovalchuk July 1st. That is, of course, the free agency deadline. That is when you can start 
you know, the free agent frenzy, all that free agency opens, so Montreal is going to try and re-sign him. You know, Bergevin and Julian loved what he brought to the locker room, what he brought on the ice for the young guys, for the fans, all that. I think he's great to have on your roster. I am personally really, really hope they re-sign Kovalchuk. I... I wanted to get that jersey so bad. I'm gonna. I might still have to. Um, <laughs> man, he just he brought an energy and just a fire. It was just to the game. He was just fun to watch, and I think I'm really appreciate Ilya Kovalchuk for what he did for us for two months. Thank you, Kovalchuk. That is a sincere thank you. I hope he goes on to win the cup. I really do. I think he deserves it. What a great NHL career, cut short by. Kovalchuk essentially just leaving in the middle of his prime. I think he deserves to cap it off in his last few years with a cup, so I think it's very good that he gets a cup run. And that being said, hope to have him back next year. I'm hoping that Bergevin can figure something out because I think he'd be great for developing, you know, our young guys, Suzuki, Kakanyemi. I've talked about this a lot. I feel like with this trade we're finally seeing, and the trade for Scandella, we're finally seeing Montreal kind of admit that they're not ready to win. I think that we're going to need to see at least one more core piece leave for us, for me at least personally, to believe that Bergevin, Bergevin actually sees that this team is not capable of winning the Stanley Cup next season. Or, you know, they, they need some help, and they need to re retool and rebuild a little bit. They need to commit and get rid of some pieces. However, in saying that, I do think that is going to happen. We've seen massive speculation on Twitter, on the internet, of all these trades, and especially talks about Jeff Petrie and Tatar. Personally, I do not see them leaving. I think we I haven't heard enough about it. I haven't really seen a lot of people talking about it as much lately the only place i see them going there certain places carolina because you know if you've followed hockey follow carolina lately injury to brett pesci they just lost their two goalies in a game against the leafs by the way um congratulations to um dave ayer i actually completely forget his name um the zamboni driver that uh got to play, you know, that's, I mean, Ayers, sorry, Ayers, is his name Dave, actually, I need to look this up, one second, I do not want to mess up shouting out this guy, yeah, Dave Ayers, um, you know, if you haven't seen that, he was the emergency goalie on call, stopped 8 of 10 shots, beat the Leafs, he was actually the Leafs' own emergency on call goalie, beat the Leafs, that's amazing. He's the only emergency goalie to get credited with an NHL win. So fuck you, Toronto. I, that's amazing. They're the only team to lose to an emergency backup goalie. I think that's amazing. I'm going to remember this for a very long time. But moving on, um, Carolina's going to need a lot of help. Um, Jeff Petrie would slot in perfectly for their style of play, especially on the D, D side of things. A puck-moving defenseman who can jump into the play, get you 40, 50 points a year. Jeff Petrie is an all-star on some teams. I genuinely do believe this. Um, I think Carolina is definitely going to be pursuing him and have been pursuing him very hard. I think, you know, very reasonably, Bergevin is very hesitant to trade Petrie. It's going to be quite a haul if... Um, they do trade Petrie, but you know, you never know. It, crazier things have happened. Maybe we'll see the Suzuki brothers get reunited. Ryan Suzuki 
got drafted by Carolina last year. Very, very good prospect in the OHL. Playing for... Man, is he playing for Hamilton? I think he's playing for Hamilton at the moment. Um, kind of plays similar to Nick. Um, Nick is obviously the more skilled, so he's playing for the Barry Colts. Um, a little bit bigger than Nick. He's six foot tall. Um, very, very, very talented prospect. Another centerman. Shoots left. I think that would be a very good pickup. You know, obviously you'd have to throw some other stuff in there, not just him on his own. And... That is a rumor that we have been seeing. I do think we could see something develop in that area. Maybe Montreal trades, if not Petria, Brett Kulak or someone to try and help them sustain themselves until they get to the playoffs. And the big one that I have been beating around the bush talking about, but everyone knows and everyone has been paying attention to Denver lately. The Colorado Avalanche and Joe Sackick have been in talks with Mark Bergeman for a very, very long time. This past two and a half weeks or so, we've been hearing rumors about it. You know, started with Petrie and Tatar, and then we heard some Carey Price stuff. Now we're hearing a lot of Max Domi and Jonathan Druin talk. Um, Mike Commodore actually tweeted, and I know you don't always have to trust Kami when it comes to insider stuff, but he's done well lately, so I feel the need to uh, say, he said that Jonathan Druin is gone. He's telling him to pack his shit, like, that he's going to be in the avalanche so that's interesting i've also heard a lot about max domi going there and about how it is going to be a massive deal and that's one consistent theme i've seen on twitter on the internet from the insiders from analysts is that this is going to be a massive trade and that's why it's taking so long and you know that concerns me not because I don't think Montreal needs it. I think Montreal needs to pull a deal like this. I think the Avs get a piece like Domi, Druin, Tatar. If they get Carey Price, they've won. But if they get a Druin, a Tatar, a Domi, I think that just sets them up even better. And they are personally my pick to go to the cup final from the West. I think McKinnon's good enough. I think Rantanen's good enough. I just think they're a quality team. Um... And they've got the prospects to give up to Montreal. But when with a deal like that, a deal that big, it can fall apart really easily. One little piece goes wrong. So that it'll be interesting to see what happens, what develops. If it's all noise, I don't think it's all noise at this point. I think there's definitely something there. Sakic and Bergevin have been hinting at it. They have been talking. They are negotiating. It's not just rumors at this point at this point i believe it is just whether or not it gets done so my personal belief is that we are going to see thomas tatar or domi get traded and it's it might be multiple pieces i don't i don't think we'll see both of them traded i think it'll be one or the other and someone someone like a brett kulak or trying to think maybe a christian Follin. um uh, maybe a pick swap, and I think we're going to see a defensive prospect. Connor Timmons or a Bowen Byram if Bergevin trades multiple pieces. Um, guys like Tyson Jost. Um, I think it'll be a very big trade with Bergevin. Not so much going for picks because of who the Avs have. They have a lot of good defensive pro they have a lot of good prospects in general and a lot of good defensive prospects that I think Mark Bergerman definitely has his eyes on. Uh, Connor Timmons, I would 
definitely have my eyes on. I talked about him and Byram previously. They are very, very good defensive prospects that I think could start making an impact next season. Byram for sure is going to be in the NHL next year, so that'll be really interesting to see what happens. I'm really hoping that, because we have heard rumors that Nikita Zadorov might be in the deal. I really hope it's not the case. Um, Zadorov's a big boy, um, big six foot four, like 270, I think, defenseman. Very good defensive defenseman. Not the kind of guy I want to trade Thomas Tatar or <laughs> Max Domi for. I don't. I just think you'd overpay for him, and he doesn't contribute enough offensively. And there's just no place for him. Montreal's going to have too many, too many good young defensemen coming up for that. However, I do think that something needs to be done. I really hope a trade deal does come through. This locker room needs a shakeup. The roster needs a shakeup. We need to start building for the future, and I hope that if Bergeron, in making this trade, will finally realize that and start, because I think he's capable of rebuilding this roster and guiding us through a rebuild. I just don't know if he sees that he needs to rebuild yet. Finally, a name that I don't think has been mentioned enough because it's been overshadowed by the big names, but a guy who has personally become one of my favorite players just in his consistent level of play in the defensive zone the leadership ability he brings and that is Nate Thompson Nate Thompson has I think it's something like a 50 ooh, 52 54% faceoff rating he's top um top 10 in the league in faceoff percentage maybe he's 12th something like that he's doing very very well in the faceoff dot this year um We've seen his contributions in the defensive side of the puck. We understand what he brings. He knows his role. He, we know the leadership abilities he brings. Just, you know, that veteran presence, the, all the work he puts in. But he's been very well, sorry, very not very well, <laughs> very beneficial for us on the offensive side of the puck. Um, he's increased his speed this year. His skating has improved tenfold. He's so much faster. He jumps into the play. He... He might not put up a lot of points, but he, he's always a risk. You have to look out for him. You can't take shifts off when Nate Thompson's on the ice. Or he will make you pay, and that keeps teams in check, and that keeps them playing. I think teams will realize, and coaches for sure realize, how valuable Nate Thompson can be. And I think we could easily get a third-round pick for him or a fourth at the trade deadline as a guy who, you know, is a veteran, you know, we want to give him a chance to compete. He's not going to compete with Montreal. This roster needs to get younger. If Bergevin starts moving other pieces, we might, we're probably going to see Nate Thompson go too. And as much as that kills me, the same as it did with Kovalchuk, I think that that is a very strong move to really, you know, show that, okay, I'm Mark Bergevin. I realize that this roster isn't going to win. It's time to reset. We're going to try and build through the draft and in the next two or three years compete with a Carey Price, with a Shea Weber. And that is kind of a topic that I want to focus on. It Should Montreal trade Shea Weber? And I've been thinking about this for a very long time. Weber, you know, we just saw him rush back from an injury that was supposed to be a six to eight weeks. He went. He was off the ice for like a week and a half. This man just rushed back and is playing. 
which makes absolutely no fucking sense to me because Montreal is not making the playoffs. I understand it's probably a matter of pride with him, but you have to wonder, is it worth it? Like, we need him to be healthy if we want to compete next year, which I don't think we will. That being said, you know, we know what Weber brings. This kind of grit, this toughness, this leadership, you know, not a lot of other guys can bring this on an NHL level, on any other pro level in the sport of hockey. He's going to be really old soon on a very bad contract. You have to wonder, should Mark Bergevin trade him at the deadline? And that's not really an answer I have. I'm very curious to know what you guys think. I've seen a lot of mixed opinions on this, but he's got a very unmovable contract, so it'd be hard to maybe move him in the offseason or the draft. It's just a thought. Like You would get a, a, a lot for Shea Weber. He's proven to still be... An all-star, you know, he's a Norris candidate this year. And I'm really interested to see if what what Montreal could get for him. I, I think it's blasphemy to say that Mark Bergevin hasn't thrown his name out there, no matter what he said. I think he's thrown Carey Price's name out there at this point. I don't think anyone's safe at the trade deadline this year. And other than Nick Suzuki, Brendan Gallagher, Kakiniemi, like, I think they are the only people who are safe. Carey Price obviously has a full no move clause. I think it'd be I'd be very I'd be surprised if he was traded, but I don't think he's safe. There are very few players on the Canadians roster, Romanov, who maybe not even Romanov for the right price, who are safe. And I think it'll be very interesting to see what happens at the trade deadline this year. Anyway, I'm just gonna wrap things up by talking about that win against Ottawa. Um, great performance by the Habs. I think it's a little. Late at this point of the season, I don't even rarely ever want to talk about the games. It kind of just seems pointless. But we haven't really talked about them. We didn't really talk about the, the games at all last last episode. So I actually really enjoyed that. This game it was a fun game to watch. Montreal played very well. Domi, of course, got two. I think my best, my favorite moment of the game was when Byron scored. And, you know, this is a guy that... If he was on our roster all season, I think we easily could have made the playoffs. I think it is underrated how much he contributes to our team. A perennial 20-goal scorer, speedster, great defensively, great on the PK. Byron brings so much to this team. Leadership rise, too. You know, he wears the A for a reason. I know a lot of people were surprised when he got it. I myself was not you can just tell. The guys respect him. He plays well. He plays hard. It was a classic Byron goal, too, you know, off a of steal. So that made me very happy to see. I hope to see him healthy next season, putting away 20 goals, you know, 35, 40 points, grinding away, doing what he can. That will be very nice. But as I've said at the start of this, it's going to be a little shorter. Sorry, I just, I'm just i re-recording this. It's very, very late right now. Anyway, as always, I've been Mason Dixon, and this is Habs Nightly. Thank you for stopping by.